Welcome, beautiful daughter of the king. I am so excited that you are here. My name is Brenda Schumann. I'm the founder of Fearless and Free, and it is my honor to get to help women see yourself through the lens of God's heart for you so that you can release whatever it is that holds you back and confidently move forward in your calling that God designed you specifically for. Ladies, I firmly believe that every time a woman takes a step towards recovering the woman that God intentionally created you to be, that it's incredibly powerful, not only for your life, but it inspires the others around you and it impacts and changes generations to come. So won't you join me? It is my prayer that there's something within this podcast that helps you to stand up and reclaim the space that God created for you to fill in the kingdom. So ladies, let's go be fearless and free together. Welcome, 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 beautiful daughter of the king. I am so glad that you are here. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happens when you think that you're in your calling or your ministry, your business, wherever it is that God is calling you to be, and it just is not going how you think that it should go. Can I get an amen? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? When you start to feel frustrated and you start to wonder where God is and you just know that he put you here for this purpose and yet where are the fruits and what is happening and things are falling apart and it's just not going the way that you had envisioned. Can anyone relate? Can anyone relate to me when that happens? It has certainly happened for me. And I have started to question and I've started to wonder, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about that today from the book of Job. So for those of you who don't know, the book of Job is in the Old Testament and it is a, um, the book is actually a story of this man's, a piece of his life. His name is Job. And the Bible says that this man is blameless and upright, that he feared God and he shunned evil. He had all kinds of provisions, um, children and um, riches and wealth and just amazing. And people looked up to him. He was so respected. Um, and, and then Satan was traveling around and he had a conversation with God about the fact that, um, well, of course, Job, you know, doesn't ever curse you, Lord, because you have given him everything. He has everything. Why would he ever curse you? If you took it all away, he will curse you. And so the story goes on that, that God allows this to happen. And he first takes away his riches and his children. Um, and, and it doesn't work. And Job still, you know, praises God. And then, and then he also, and then, then Satan says, um, well, but you wouldn't let me touch him specifically. So the, the Lord says, well, don't kill him, but, um, but you can touch him on his body. And so then he gets these sores and um, he has friends come and sit with him and his wife and all the three friends and his wife did not help him. <laughs> they spoke um, the opposite of the things that he needed to hear. His wife actually said, like, just hurry up and curse God and die. Um, and then there's one more person that comes and he's kind of the lukewarm person where he kind of was saying a little bit better stuff, but he still wasn't quite aligned with God. And then God like broke in because um, he's like, I've had enough of this, I think. And he's broken and he started um, really just speaking to Job. And then Job at the end of it is just like totally understands where the Lord is coming from. 
and the Lord ends up blessing him double of everything that he lost. So that's the actual story. But um, the reason that I want to talk to you about that is because I firmly believe that there's no other place that the enemy likes to attack us more than when we're walking out our calling, than in your business, than in your ministry, than in your volunteer work. He likes to attack us there, especially when it, it has to do with you empowering other people to step into their calling, right? Like, so if he's gonna, if he, if you're just going to be over here working for yourself, that's one thing. But when you're impacting others and you're spreading the kingdom around, that's when the enemy takes notice and he's really like, nope, that's got to stop. And so I specifically want to talk to you because I think it's something that a lot of us go through and we feel stuck and we feel frustrated and we're not really understanding why this is happening. But I think if we shift that and we start to look at it as an opportunity for refinement and to learn some of the lessons that Job learned that we will get a better understanding and we will come out so far ahead of, of the places where it gets hard and we start to question. Okay. So are you ready? Let's do this together. So I want to first call your attention to the fact in the, in the early, early chapters that twice the enemy says, um, that Job will surely curse you to your face twice. He says this, so I want you to understand that the enemy's desire here really didn't have anything to do with Job as a person. It has to do with he wanted to cause friction between Job and God. He wanted Job to curse God. He wanted to separate us from our father, right? And so this is what happens when trials come. It is an opportunity that the enemy has put in front of, your, in front of you to either separate you, that's what the enemy's hoping, is to separate you from the Lord, for you to turn on him and to, and, and to question him and to curse him. And in fact, if we do the actual opposite of that, and we lean in closer to him when things get hard, and when we start to question and we start to frustrated, we're actually doing the opposite of what the enemy wants right? So when you come further away from the Lord, you're aligning with the enemy. But when you lean into God, you're aligning with God instead. So I first want to just point that out. And then the next thing I want to point out is that um, the enemy's plan was to get Job to curse God. But what Job actually did in chapter three says, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And he said, and then he goes on, he goes on for 26 chapters of saying why he should be cursed. Him, Job. Sister, I know that you have probably done the same thing, right? Because I've done the same thing. And I think so many of us do is when things get hard, when bad things happen, when things get hard, instead of turning it on God, because we have this high regard for him, we turn it on ourselves. And we start to curse ourselves. And I'll tell you, when I broke down the chapter or the, the verses of all of those 26 verses, it came out to I'm unlovable, right? Because it says, may it turn to darkness, may God above not even care about it, meaning him and his, his day of birth. I'm unlovable. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it and may blackness overwhelm it. I would insert because I'm unworthy, because I'm not good enough, because I'm shameful, 
26 verses of these exact same kinds of things. And girlfriend, I would bet that you have 26 verses inside of you saying the exact same thing when things get hard. And I just want to ask you how you're calling, how your business, how your ministry is triggering all of those lies that are inside of you. Where are you doubting God? Where are you doubting yourself? Especially when things get hard. And are you aligned with God? Are you pulling closer to him? Or are you aligning with the enemy and believing these things? Because even though Job didn't curse God, he's still aligned with the enemy when it came to looking at himself. The Lord would never say to you that you're unlovable, that you're unworthy, that you're not good enough, that you're not shameful. In fact, you probably wouldn't even say that to your best friend, but yet you say it to yourself. God certainly wouldn't say it to you. So girlfriend, when you say those things, when we think those things, and oftentimes they're subconscious, right? So I am not judging anyone because I am over here doing the same thing. But it's when we've allowed these lies to fester and to live there for so long that it is so easy to believe them that I feel like it just breaks God's heart because it takes him further away. It takes us further away from how he really sees us. And then I want to go on. So you can probably hear me. I'm flipping pages of the Bible. Um, yep, I still have a paper copy that I love. A lot of people use the eye, you know, the stuff on that, your phone. Anyway, so the next number and number, a number of chapters is his, Job's friends talking to him. And they are not speaking positive things to him. Like I said, his wife even said, like, hurry up, curse God and die. Um, and his friends are not helping him either. And, and even the one person that comes that's kind of like a little lukewarm, that kind of is saying some good stuff, but isn't really getting the full picture of who God is. Girlfriend, who is in your tribe? It is so important always, but especially when things get hard, that you know that the people that sit with you, and in the Bible it says they sat in ashes together. When you sit in the ashes of hard times, who is sitting there with you? And what are they speaking into you? Are they fully aligned with God? Are they self-focused? And what are the kinds of things that they're speaking into you? Because girlfriend, that can make or break your hard times. So then I want to go on and talk about um, the fact that what Job was wanting from the Lord through all of this, Job had question after question after question of the Lord. And he was, what he was wanting was answers. He wanted to understand it. Like, how was my life so amazing? And then all of a sudden it's like nothing. I have no children. I have no things. I have no nothing. How did this happen? He wanted answers. He wanted the Lord to speak to him something that made sense. Can I get an upraised hand and an amen on that? Because when we are in that season, that's what we want. When things are hard, we just want to understand it. I just want to know why this is happening. I thought you called me to this. Why is it not working? 
Or why did you choose me? I can't even step out yet because I don't understand why you choose me. I just want the answers. I just want the understanding. He wanted it to make sense. And God responded to all of his questions, not with the answers that he was looking for. He responded in a way that revealed his own character, God's character. He responded in a way that he, that he revealed his own character. And he doesn't give us the answer sometimes because he's more interested in our character development and our faith of depending on God's character than he, in our relationship with him than he is with the actual answers. Right? You want the business answer. You want to know why you can't see your calling. You want to know why you can't reach the end point that he's already showed to you. And God may not answer that because you may need to clean up some of the stuff inside of you first. Some of the character stuff inside of you, some of the stuff that's keeping you from being fully surrendered to the Lord. Because he's not going to send you into something that you're not ready for yet. And here's the other tip. Is that when we are struggling, go back to the character of him. And go back to the character of yourself too. You, you should be basing all of your, all of your, all of your um, business and ministry stuff based on your own character that the Lord gave you, your identity. But when things are hard, go back to either that to answer your question or go back to who the Lord is. Like if you feel lost and, and unsure and stuck, go back to who the Lord is. So let me just tell you who he is because he went on for four chapters four chapters of this book of the Bible, saying his response to Job, which is actually God's character. So for four chapters, he essentially says, one, Job, you don't know what I know. And he, the Lord could easily say that to me. Brenda, you don't know what it is that I know. He has such a bigger and vaster picture of things and, and, and ways of understanding things that I do not have. And a lot of times I try to fit his big, big, big version into my tiny little box that makes sense to me. He also went on to say in all of these chapters is you don't have the power or the control that I have. How many of us want to control things? Like sometimes things aren't working out and you're, and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And it's because we're trying to control something that, that he never told us to do or that we cannot surrender to him because he has a better plan than we have. Right. I always think of like that teddy bear thing. Have you seen that? Where like the little girl has a tiny little teddy bear and the Lord has like this huge teddy bear behind his back. And he's asking her to give the little one for the and he's going to give her the big one, but she has to give him the little one first. Have you seen that? It's, but it circulates the internet now and then. And it's our own need for control to say, I can't give that up. Even though the Lord has something even greater for us. One of the other themes in all of this was that 
Job, you don't have the big vision or the big plan that I have. We just can't sometimes. We cannot see things as big as he sees them. So let me tell you what his character is because I went through 39 verses of chapter 38 of Job. And every single line I went through, what is the Lord's character? When he says this line of the Bible, what is he really meaning that this is his character? And it is, he is a God of details. He's a God that's interested in foundations being strong. He is a God of joy. He is a God of births and beginnings. He is a God of order. He is a God of justice. He's creative. He is a God of restoration. He is insightful. He's real. He's imaginative without any kind of confinement. He is all-knowing. He is directive. He's a God of abundance and provision. He is our protector. He is planful. He is pragmatic. He is life-giving. He is a creator. He is a God of freedom. He is systematic. He is structured. He is a God of authority. He is a God of knowledge and wisdom. He is caring. He is giving. He is a supplier. And he does all of this because of the immense love that he has for you. So girlfriend, when you feel like you are in the storm, when you feel like nothing is happening, when you feel like you have left everything, I just want you to know that it literally says twice in this book, the Lord, then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. And he reminded him of his character, of all of these things. So girlfriend, if you are in any kind of storm today, the Lord can speak to you through that and tell you what his character is and remind you of what that looks like. Because he wants you to know that you are loved more than anything. I want to just go on to um, chapter 40. And it says, um, will the one who contends with the almighty correct him? And it basically is asking Job, are you, you, you are contending with me who is almighty. Are you trying to correct me? And girlfriend, I just want to ask you, are you trying to correct the Lord right now? Or are you surrendered completely to him? Because it goes on to say that this is now Job speaking. And Job says, um, I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice. And I will say no more. Girlfriend, sometimes we have to just do that. Sometimes we have to take our hand off of control and put it over our mouth and surrender to the Lord and allow him to work out the plan, to rest in his character, to rest in who he is and knowing his plan. So 
sometimes it's just not easy to hear God's truth about ourselves. But you know what, even in all of this, God is still caring. He's still caring. He's still loving you. He said twice when he spoke to Job, he said twice, brace yourself like a man before he started saying things that were hard for Job to hear. And I just want you to look at that as a way of him caring. Sometimes as a dad's do is as parents do, we have to say stuff to our kids that aren't always great, <laughs> right? Sometimes we have to say things that are hard for them to hear, but he says, brace yourself like a man. And I, I just felt so strongly that the Lord was saying, it's, this isn't going to be easy for you to hear, but I still love you so much that I want you to brace your, that I want to give you this foreshadow of something hard that I'm still over here wrapping my arms around you, wanting you to receive this well and wanting the absolute best for you. The other thing that I just want to call your attention to is in chapter 42, where he says, um, Job replied to the, the, the Lord, you, you ask, meaning the Lord, the Lord asked, who is this that blocks my plans without knowledge? And I just want to speak to you a little bit about that because I think it can be looked at both ways, both without the knowledge of God, like we just don't have the knowledge that God has. So we're over here sometimes blocking God's plan without having the knowledge that God has. And I also think that you can look at it as without knowing that you're doing it. Because sometimes we can be over here blocking the plan that God has without knowing that we're doing it right? Because we're so focused on it needs to happen this way. We're so focused on, on not wanting to build the character in order to go to the places that he sends us, that the character is required at those places. We're over here doing the things and, and we're just kind of like living with blinders on. We don't even know that we're blocking what it is that God's plan is for us. Girlfriend, intimacy is vital in order to know what's happening and to make sure that you're not unintentionally blocking. Job goes on to say that my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And that just really refers to the fact that intimacy is vital, that he could have all of those things and know of God, but it's in the hard times, it's in the tragic times that your eyes actually are open to who God is and what he wants for you and what his heart is. And that's where you find the intimacy because it requires you to draw closer, to have these hard conversations with God and to do the things that God has asked you to do even when they're hard. And so then it goes on to talk about the, that when, when all of it's resolved, it says after Job had prayed for his friends then the Lord restored his fortune and gave him twice as much. First of all, I just want to say to you that this is not about you. It's never about you. He cares so much about your character, but he cares so much about the lost, about the people who didn't get it, about the friends who couldn't see God and all of that, about the ones 
who are blocked completely from the Lord. God always cares about the one that's lost and he will leave the 99 for that one. And so your purpose and the fact that we sometimes have to persevere through hard things and we sometimes have to dig deep into our, our own character and we sometimes have to give up control and do it in a way that God knows because it's to reach that one that doesn't know the Lord, right? And in this case, he got twice. <laughs> so we could all take like twice the blessing, right? Like that ends up really good. Girlfriend, let me just pray for you really quickly. Lord, we just come to you today and we thank you for these kinds of revelations. We thank you that your, your word is, is as relevant today as it was when it was written. And we thank you that all of the answers are, are in there, Lord. And we thank you that you come alive to us when we seek you in your word. Lord Jesus, I just ask that your, sister, your daughter that's listening to this, Lord, help her to see if there's any place right now that she is struggling like Job. And if she is, Lord, come to her and remind her of your character. Lord, what is the piece of your character that you want your daughter to know? Reveal that to her now, I ask, in the name of Jesus. And I just ask, Lord, that you, you, um, Show her the light of what it is exactly that you wanted her to get out of this teaching today, Lord. So clearly that she can't deny it, Lord. What do you specifically have for her in this teaching? And then, Lord, what do you want her to do with that knowledge? Just gave her a piece of your heavenly knowledge. What do you want her to do with that? He's so good and he loves you so much. Daughter of the king, he just adores you. He adores you so much. So we pray in Jesus' name, amen.